What is going on, everybody? It is free agency time. Let's do this. Welcome into the Dynasty Gambit. I am your host, Fantasy J77, over there on Twitter. With me tonight, my co-host, Kyle Sinra, at Sinra Says, over there on, t- on Twitter. And what would a gambit be without a last-minute change? So we had to go out to the Going for Two family and find our very own Mike Hicks, at Drop the Mic, FF, over there on Twitter. Fellas. Real quick, how are we doing tonight? Let's start with our guest, Mike. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Walked in the door, got the message saying, hey, can anyone join in? And I said, hey, with these two, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Kyle, how you doing tonight, sir? It felt like fate. And, you know, <laughs> the, the timing worked out perfectly. I know apparently Mike and Gator interacted maybe within the last 24 hours. But, yeah, it's been – I don't think Mike and I have, like – I don't think we, because uh, uh, you weren't on the PLP we did. Like, I don't think you and I have podcasted or done anything together this year. So, uh, nope. glad to speak with you again, Mike. It's awesome. Glad to yep, we Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, so like I said, we're going to dive into some free agency. But before we do some free agency, we had a hell of a weekend. The combine happened, you know. So, let's start there. Let's start with the combine, uh, combine uh, this past week. My very own. My very own Florida Gator, Anthony Richardson, dominated and broke the combine and Twitter in a matter of 24 hours. It was insane what he did as he jumps out of the stadium there in Indy. Uh, So real quick question, Mike, who was one player outside of like the Anthony Richardson's, you know, the B. John Robinson outside of that that stood out to you through the combine and, and why? Good or bad? Both, both. I'm going to say it. Keishon Boutte was my WR4, and he's – I don't even know where he's going to be now. That was very disappointing on the good I've side. I've got him at wide receiver 16, but I might be <laughs> just, like, super low on him. No, I mean, I talked to another – I talked to Ryan Searfoss, and he was telling me that I was crazy for having him in close to my top five even before the combine. And then he DM'd me and said, well, did I prove you wrong or wrong? I mean, yeah. so Boutte – is booty um, on the good side. I like Zay Flowers even more, but I think the one who upped his stock even more, even though he was looking good, uh, Washington, the tight end from Georgia, pushed that sled like it was nothing and everything else that he did. I think, you know, I keep hearing that Kincaid is only a passing tight end and maybe Darnell's going to move up a little more. Not saying he's going to jump Kincaid, but maybe he's going to move up a little bit more. So real quick, with, with, with let, let's just put it out there. It's you know we don't know landing spot right now, yep. but let's say you're in a tight end premium league. You know you're you're where are you drafting Washington because he looked like a a man amongst boys when it came to the tight ends when he was pushing the sled where he was you know on the out routes all of that he looked phenomenal. I could see all four of the top tight ends going by. The- by early to mid second. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, what, what, what did you see this weekend when the combine that just stood out to you either good, bad, or both? 
Well, I think uh, the top of my running back rankings, I mean, the absolute top is unquestioned Bijan one, but um, as I guess, you know, Jamie does a lot of, he's always in the, the chats, uh, Jamie Paraga, the Cleveland connoisseur, he might show yeah. up tonight and maybe you can give me some more flack for this, but I know he, he pointed out on Twitter, my uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs ranking right now, and uh, you can check that out on goyfor2.com website has returned uh and uh our uh, specifically i'm part of the uh, single qb uh rookie rankings for uh because uh, we do have the the two aggregate rankings so uh, we have a super flex section got a, a one qb section so you can find my rookie rankings in the one qb section yeah i was the uh lowest on consensus than gibbs um i think i've got him inside the top 12 i mean at running back i've got him at rb5 but Ooh, even saying that like he's pretty spicy. consensus Right, like even just you know, I could say, oh, he's a top, I have him as a top five running back. Uh, so, are you got your rankings pulled up right now? What do you What do you have for your top five? If you got Bijan at one, Gibbs at five, who, who's who's two, three, four? Well, uh, watching the tape, the top three for me were Bijan Robinson, Kendra Miller, Devon A. Chain. Adding production, I specifically look at scrimmage yards per season, but also you know receptions and things like that. Uh, you know, single season receptions, especially like uh, I know uh, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies is done the studies, you know, any running back that can get 20 or more receptions in just one season in college has a, a really great chance to do that going forward in the NFL. So it's kind of a threshold number. Uh, but looking at all that together, those were still my top three. I will say, however, that if there's one thing that did change and that will kind of lead into to, uh, my biggest riser, uh, Zach Charbonnet seems like he had really good combine results. His relative athletic score is at 9.42. Mm-hmm. So I might actually, I think I've got, Charbonnet now, who you know, going into the combine, it was actually Devin A. Chain at number two. Uh, a lot of talk expecting him to get that round two capital, and it seems like one of the better pass catching backs in the class. Uh, but it looks like Charbonnet, I mean, if, if he can put all that together and be close to an elite athlete, I think I've got to might raise him up to my RB2 right now. I know not all the running backs have relative athletic scores yet, so I was kind of waiting before finalizing my rankings on you know, just like post combine rankings, but. Um, Gibbs did okay. Uh, if anything, I, I you know, Gibbs and A chain might uh, that could be a, a you know, two players I could switch because it seems like A chain's relative athletic score is not very good, uh, at least relative. I mean, it's above average, but relative to these elite guys, maybe not RB2 worthy. So that I think for me, there's uh, flip up because I, I before the combine I had Charbonnet at RB6, so that's probably two to six is probably where I'm gonna see a lot of you know, me changing things. Um, not so much a riser for me, but maybe a riser for everyone else. Evan Hull, who I had at ahead of one spot ahead of Gibbs as the RB4, maybe the best pass catching back in the class, and a 9.22 relative athletic score. He, he's probably what I should have, what I, I almost hoped Devon A. Chain would become. So, uh, right now, my you know, prime candidates to be RB2 to me are Kendra Miller, who I love the tape on. Uh, is, you know, I don't think you can love anyone more than Bijan, but if outside of Bijan, I think uh, very impressive across the board, great footwork. Uh, I, I still, uh, yeah, it, here's Jamie. Yeah, he can, he can rip me on the Gibbs talk. There he is. There uh, he is. There he is. <laughs> so I think if to me, Gibbs probably maintained, I mean, his relative athletic score is 7.95, a little bit lower than these other guys. So I'd probably keep him at RB5. But right now, you know, Devon, Devon A chain probably moves out of that top five to me probably RB six. I don't know if there's really anyone else I'd consider having him uh, below, but I think he'd maybe fall in that second tier. And then maybe, you know, maybe even just switch with Charbonnet and Charbonnet now to two could be Charbonnet, could be Miller, could be Evan Hall. I think those guys I think are kind of locked in for me as RBs two, three, and four. And it seems like Jameer Gibbs locked in at RB five right now. Again, 
draft capital is probably the most important thing. So where you'll, I'll probably see bigger swings than ever in my rankings will be after the draft. Right. Uh, you know, if, if Gibbs really, if, you know, if Gibbs goes in the first round of the NFL draft, it's tough to ignore that and not have him as the RB two. But until I see that happen, I'm a little skeptical of that happening. I just think maybe I'll be that, you know, the hot take on, on Gibbs again, still top five, but apparently RB five in this class is, is just so ridiculously low. It's considered a hot take. So yeah, I, maybe, it, I'm, maybe truly, I'm a Gibbs hater. Yeah, it truly is. I mean, it, it, it's for me, it's, it's Bijan one Gibbs two. I have Charbonnet and have, have had Charbonnet three for a while. Um, I, I think the, you know, you got Bijan and then there's a, a tear gap to Gibbs yeah. for me. Right. And then there was a tear gap to Charbonnet. And I'm not trying to overreact to what was happening, you know, in Indy, but but that gap closed quite a bit for me is, you know, between Gibbs and Charbonnet. Uh, anything for you to add there, Mike? Weren't you high on Tucker at one point? I am still high on Tucker. Tucker is four for me. Okay. Yeah, I had I had Charbonnet at three. I'm kind of higher on Bigsby than I was at you know before. Bigsby's I've kind of, five. I've for kind me. of I've kind of grown on Bigsby. Um, Hole, I'm not as high as you, Kyle, but I liked him coming into mm-hmm. it. But the A chain one is the one that's that's a scary one to me because I've seen some people saying he can go early second round because they say NFL loves him or all the way to like to round four in the NFL draft. So it's like, like you said, Kyle draft capital, I think for a chain is going to matter a lot. I mean, it's going to matter for everyone, but I think it might matter for a chain and Gibbs more than anybody. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. Anything else on the combine that you want to add Kyle? No, I think that no. was the okay. the major implications. Again, like I, I'm a little disappointed that so many running backs don't have RAS scores right now. It's tough to. So well, I think you to had me, you had 27 running backs out there, mm-hmm. and then what? 12 of them, 11 of them did not even run a 40. I I don't like that. <laughs> well, so I get it, and, and so this is like this is why I asked. Don't you know? I don't want you to pick low hanging fruit because like even JSN, I think JSN, um improved his draft stock because he didn't run the 40 right because yeah. everybody else ran the 40 and did such a shitty job right i mean there was no wide receivers running anything and jsn's over there going huh, i'll see y'all in a couple of weeks at, at, at my pro day and that's when i'll run my 40 and and then oh, yeah. i will submit myself as the number one wide receiver in this class so well as soon as it, i mean it felt like as soon as the, the combine got over. We got a major signing. The New Orleans Saints signed Derek Carr. Four years, $150 million. I don't know where in the hell in New Orleans they have this money tree. But all three of us need to get on a plane and go find it and split that tree. Because this is insane. They have no cap room. How are they spending $150 million on a quarterback? But... Kyle, what do you think about this for the 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 offensive side of the ball? Olave, you know, um, Kamara, if if he if he even plays this year, you know, whether he's suspended or not. And then the one I really want to know about is Jawan Johnson. Kyle, thoughts? I guess the Jawan Johnson like career arc and theme and in like athleticism isn't that dissimilar to uh, Darren Waller, to be honest. But I think. One of the things we see with Carr, and I, I, I do like this for Olave, and I think I'd, I, 
he's just outside my top 12 wide receivers, like literally just outside. I think I have him at wide receiver 13. And the guys immediately ahead of him being DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. So I think like he's in that tier. So could he, you know, could look through those rankings and easily have him as the wide receiver 10. And I think the advantage of Carr isn't necessarily his efficiency, but he just locks in on his top target and will, you know, depending on how the offense is designed. But once he finds that, that top target of team, he will pepper them and make, make them a a high market share player. So I do love that for Olave. And I'm not really counting on Michael Thomas kind of being a thing. And Olave to me is clearly the alpha on that team. And and it's, it's his, it's his time to take over in China. I think at at the very least, he's going to get a quarterback that's going to give him that volume. Yeah, I think with Michael Thomas, though, with the, with the cap hit that, that, that they have this year, um, and Kyle, that'd be something you, you were way, way better on than, than myself. But I think with the cap hit, it, it actually it benefits them to, to say goodbye to, to Michael Thomas. Um, I can see them doing some stuff, and you know, with, with, as far as the running back position uh, to try to secure that up. Um, you know, trying to find somebody to, to take over the uh, uh, who is the the running back uh, Ingram the the Ingram role. Um, but what do you think about the Derek Carr situation there in the in New Orleans, Mike? You already know part of my opinion, Gator, and that is they should never have give they should never have not given Jameis Winston a shot. They brought he got a raw deal there. But for Carr, I do think that Jawan Johnson is going to have a decent role. I do think this helps out Olave a lot. But I do think – I do not think Michael Thomas is on the team on on the start first day of the season. I think he's going to be gone, which is going to help Olave be the number one target even more because people were worried what's going to happen when Thomas comes back into the, the fold, and we all know that wasn't going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft another wide receiver or pick up someone, one of the, not one of the top guys in free agency. I mean, this we all know this free agent class in the wide receivers is kind of ugly anyway, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. But I could see them grabbing one of the lower mid guys in free agency to sure up the number three spot. You know, you got a couple other youngsters. Um, why can't I think of his name right now? They're Shahid. Shahid, yeah. That'll... I think we'll still do good with um, Carr, but Kyle nailed it on the head. I mean, Carr does like to target, hyper target. He did it with Renfro. He's done it with, you know, Devontae and Waller. So I think Olave and Juwan are going to get targeted a lot, but it also depends, like you said, Gator. We don't even know what's going to happen with Kamara, and that's going to depend on what they do with the running game. Yep. Yeah. So going on to the to the to the well, next one, and and Jamie, fair, I don't know what Jamie's talking about here. Paris Campbell, can we be done with that conversation already? And Paris Campbell <laughs> to New Orleans, are, are you serious, Jamie? Uh, I, I actually want to bring up that, this comment again, yes. uh, Matthew Chester. First off, Matthew, thanks for joining. Uh, talk about Mickey Loomis as a mad scientist. Uh, I actually I haven't actually looked at the details of the Derek Carr contract until just now. It's actually pretty wild how they're making it work. Mm-hmm. So while his average is like $37.5 million per year, his cap hit this year is $7.2 million. Mm-hmm. His base salary this year is only $1.5 million. This is This is like kind of how the Browns did the Deshaun yes. Watson contract. Yep. Um, oh, but because and I think the way that they're kind of justifying this to Carr is that they gave him twenty eight and a half million as a signing bonus. So he's basically getting his thirty million as part of that signing bonus with his base salary. So he's earning 
you know, 30 million each year on the next three years because his base salary goes up to 30 million starting next season. But it looks like the way it's structured, it really helps helps their cap this year. And that's kind of how they were able to get it signed. Cause it's, again, his cap hit is 7.2 million. Uh, it helps and, it this year. It helps it this year, but it is the epitome of kicking the can down the road. Oh yeah. Which because is when the, they, when they, that's signed what they've him, been doing for decades. Right. But when they signed him, they immediately put in, there's already a, 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 a dead year in it. Yeah, yeah, the uh, twenty, the twenty, uh, twenty-seven years already voided. So it's really yeah, just it's a four-year contract, year. but there's like a fifth voided year on it. Yeah. But yeah, um, Jeez. they, they, I mean, they could get out. I mean, they've got him for the next two years because uh, his dead cap. Obviously, this year's dead cap hit is much higher than his cap hit. Yeah, uh, but even in twenty twenty-four is the case. So it's it's they can get out of him pretty easily after that, though. So really, is just a two-year contract for all intents and purposes. Uh, but one player they actually can't get out of is Michael Thomas. His cap hit doubles if they cut him. So oh, really? I know there was the talk this year or recently of restructuring with Michael Thomas because I don't think the Saints have a choice but to restructure him. Uh, his cap hit's only $13.5 million. I say only because you, you look at other receivers basically doubling that. It kind of is... I mean, it's, that's not what you want to pay someone who's pay, played, I think, like nine games over the last three years. Like, that's pretty awful. Uh, and, and I think especially like most of those games, he hasn't really done well, um, really hasn't done much since the 2019 season. So I think like 13 million is still too much, but they can't just cut him though. Cause they, they, you know, they're already still 26 million, you know, in the hole right now. So they're going to have to restructure in lower guys, but they actually can't, I'm looking at a lot of their big contracts and the dead caps basically equal to or higher than the cap hit. And in a lot, in a lot of cases with Kamara as well. They save four million if they cut Winston. So that that seems like an obvious move to make, but they'd still be twenty million in the hole. So they're going to have to make some moves. It depends with how much they can restructure Michael Thomas. But uh, as much as Mickey Loomis being a mad scientist, as Matthew mentioned, he's going to have to continue to do so to play some cap yep. gymnastics. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right. So so moving on from the the New Orleans Saints and the mad scientist known as Mickey Loomis, uh, Daniel Jones. Also gets a four-year deal, 160 million from from the Giants, and because of that, Saquon Barkley gets the tag. Uh, first of all, let's 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 start with the, the Daniel Jones, uh, four years, 160 million, and and I wish honestly we had the B League here because I, I'm sure he was throwing things as soon as this deal went down, because I think this is just again not the, the proverbial kicking the can. You didn't sign this, you know, you didn't pick up this guy's fifth-year option, so it forced you to make a decision. And in, in that making that decision, now you're overpaying, at least in my opinion, $40 million a year for this guy. I understand the upside with his rushing, but he is like QB 16 or something along those lines, 16, 17, when it comes to, to passing stats. You take his passing and his rushing, and he's still only QB 8. At forty million a year, so Mike um, Daniel Jones four years one hundred sixty million. <sighs> Explain to me how this works. Daniel Jones needs to crawl over to Brian Dable's front door and thank him and give him fifteen percent of this contract because I mean, he ain't that, crawling. He's getting a nice ride, a really hey, nice he, car with this contract. I'm just saying he, he needs to call over there. Over there. Least, right? I'm just saying he needs to grovel over there as fast as gets there. Yeah. yeah because, buy the coach something nice. That's for sure. A nice, I mean, a nice here's uh, the thing. Like you, yeah. Like you said, 
uh, Gator. They didn't take the fifth-year option. They wanted to see what they had. They brought in a coach who helped, you know, the big deal with Dable was that he helped Josh Allen get to where he got. He goes, everyone was wondering what he was going to do with, you know, with Danny Dimes. And he made Danny Dimes, Danny, $40 million. <laughs> And I think it was inevitable as soon as the season got over that this was going to be, I didn't know it was going to be $40 million, but I, I said he was going to be a giant. People were like, oh, you know, is he going to be a giant? I figured he would sign the contract. I figured that he wasn't going to get tagged. I didn't know if they would tag Saquon, like, you know, we'll talk about in a minute. But it was inevitable. Was it too much? Yes, but I think it was, I think it's an, un, it's a necessary thing that they just had to do. It was just one of those things. They're not going to want to go for another quarterback and start all over after everything they did, doing what they did with, you know, the rental pieces that they had, their guard. Their... Kyle used to love it when I say it, so I'm going to say it. The dumpster fire of a position that they had at wide receiver for them to do what they did this year was a miracle. And for them to take a step back at quarterback and have to restart over, it would have just been a dumpster fire of a season next year. So they just had to do it. I don't know that that's fa- I don't know that that's fair. I don't know that it was a truly a dumpster fire. I mean, they did make the playoffs. No, you I'm had, saying the wide receiver position was a dumpster fire. Right. But you you had you had two players in Richie James and what was the other one that came out of Buffalo? Uh, Hodges. Hodges. So you had, you know, those guys stepped up and, and you're, I mean, okay, they're wide receiver threes probably at best. No, no, that's what I mean. I'm not saying they did horrible. What I'm saying is for them to do what they did with what they had, you can't go, you can't take a step back now. You have to just keep going forward. Well, I don't think, I mean, hell, like, to be honest, like I said, I mean, you have, you have Daniel Jones is quote unquote, QB eight overall in the season, QB nine, maybe it was, but, but then, you know, if you just, just look at his passing and he's QB 16, there's upgrades to be had. I mean, you, you, they could have done better at quarterback for that amount of money. Um, But that's my opinion. Um, I'm not fantasy wise though. Fantasy wise. I do like the, the Daniel Jones being there in New York um, as, as a solid QB two now. So Kyle, let us know about Daniel Jones, what you think about his contract, and then go ahead and jump into Barkley getting tagged as well, and we'll come back to Mike here in a minute. Well, it's funny, because I think there were two elite quarterbacks that are potentially available via trade, and I think any team that wasn't set on their quarterback should have done whatever they could to go after either. It doesn't seem like either team – There seems like a lot of the teams aren't, so I don't even know what's going on there. So uh, nobody from- wa- Nobody wants Jackson, so that's been said. Nobody wants Jackson, if that's who you're referring to. But as the outside of Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, I think Daniel Jones is easily the most attractive commodity on the quarterback market. To be honest, like the Giants paying what an extra three and a half million per season over Derek Carr to I don't, get a guy that's what I think six years younger and he's already done more. He's he's won a playoff game. Derek Carr hasn't. Like to me, I think the biggest mistake that any team was going to make this year was overpaying Derek Carr. Congrats, Saints, the team that just continuously makes mistakes. So that makes sense there. Uh, I actually think the Giants have approached it the best way. Like Mike talked about not wanting to regress. I mean, if you've got to the playoffs with him with bare bones at wide receiver, I think you were talking about upgrade, Jay. I think the upgrade available is at wide receiver. Like that's Mm -hmm. where they need to go and surround Daniel Jones and see 
okay, was that for real or was it not? Um, I guess I guess I'll, I'll check the contract details too. But it also does seem like another one of those like Derek Carr. It's a it's it doesn't on the surface look like a two year commitment. But that's basically all it is. So kind of two years of prove it, and if if we need to, then we'll move on. But um, I think if this team has playoff aspirations i think you build around the quarterback that got you there and to me it makes sense to not go with the fifth year option because a if he if he sucked this year and you already picked up the fifth year option you're screwed because you then you like if you wanted to make a move for lamar jackson you can now they've it's given them the flexibility they've been able to kind of use that time and maybe that time has cost them a little more but let's say they use that fifth year option last year he does well he plays the season and does even better. Are they paying more? Are they paying closer to 50 million per year on the next contract? So if if Daniel Jones does really well this season, they go and win another playoff game, it probably makes all that worth it because that would have cost you more then. So I don't mind the way the Giants approached it. And again, especially getting the value on the, the franchise tag at running backs because they kind of got screwed on their franchise tag values at just over 10 million. Um I think the Giants have played it the best way they possibly could, honestly. I mean, this is like Daniel Jones is a they took him sixth overall. Like, like this was clearly a, a pedigree profile quarterback they believed in. So um, I don't know. I don't I, again outside of trading for Lamar Jackson, I don't really know that there was an, an upgrade available. So I felt like yeah, they, the- if they weren't going to trade that pick, like they weren't like they have to pay the contract anyway. They don't want to pay the picks and the contract. If you don't want to do that, then Daniel Jones really is your best option. Yeah, the only thing that I will disagree with what you said is picking up the fifth-year option because didn't I don't you know yes playing this year as good as they played this year that's what got him the forty million a year. However, you pick up that fifth-year option, you're not paying that this year. You can actually stretch that. Yeah, okay, maybe it costs you more in the long run, but you also have more options, um, and and you lock up Barkley or 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 whatnot. Um, but go ahead, go ahead and and let's talk about Barkley. Getting the tag, um, it's ten million dollars. I mean, it, which is absolutely asinine and ridiculous. And we'll talk about this probably more and more through the offseason. But you know, we running backs is probably one of the positions, at least that that you know, as fantasy managers, we look at. And we you know, it's either robust RB or zero RB for the most part. Those are probably the two biggest strategies, right? So when you look at the NFL, nobody in the NFL is wanting to take running backs in the first round and, and grab that fifth-year option. But then you look at it, you, let's say they do take a fifth, you know, let's say they do draft a running back in the first round. Let's say Bijan for this year goes in the first round. You can literally tag him after four years. It's $10 million. It's going to go up a little bit in the next four years, but it's $10 million, right? Then you tag him again, and whatever it is, it's $13 million. It's still cheaper than freaking paying him. So you can basically have this running back for six or seven years and never really truly pay them with these tags. I think something's got to change there, but that's my opinion on it. It Kyle, sounds like the, what's the, true, the, the true dynasty gambit is choosing to become a running back. <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess uh, make sure if you're a running back, get that endorsement money because that's where you're really making your money. The NFL money, that's that's pocket change, really. It's the, the endorsement money is what you really need to get because I'm, I'm sure Barkley at this point is making way more in, in endorsements than he has from the Giants. Yeah, you gotta you gotta call Gronk. You know, hey Gronk, how do you do this? <laughs> give me that FanDuel hookup. Or I, I guess we're, we're here. We're underdog here. So give me that underdog. Hookup. Give me the underdog. Yeah, actually, we've right. got that. We've got that here. I guess I don't know if this is a good time to. Yes, go ahead, spit it up. 
There uh, it is. The uh, underdog. Uh, well, first off, we got a, a, a nice QR code. We also have a promo code that uh, you know you can scan the QR code, or if you sign up for Underdog, you can uh, do so with the promo code GF2, and it'll give you a hundred percent deposit match on whatever you put in on your interest uh, deposit up to a hundred dollars. So uh, you know, there's lots of. Uh, I guess there was a big MMA fight, and uh, I don't know I, I I really bear John Bones. Yep. Jones, when it comes to knowledge here, okay, that that made me seem like I actually knew what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess there's some, you know always big MMA fights, UFC and all that, um, hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs. The Briar, I'm not sure if Underdog has Briar. I mean, it's not available in Ontario, and the Briar is happening in Ontario, so maybe I, I, I suspect there may not be any much curling betting. But if there is, you can you know get the promo, you can get the sign up, get the double deposit match with the promo code GF2, or again scan the QR code on screen. We also have a caption for it here too, but I guess now we don't want to use it as much because we have a fancy QR code. Well, you well, so we we were we had this discussion, and you can use the 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 QR code if you're watching on an external device, not on your phone, of course. So if you're using just your device, your your phone, then go to Underdog and use the promo code GF two hundred hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars. And yes, Gladys, I love it. Thank you for coming in and asking the question. Are we talking about curling? 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 Yes, we're talking about curling. <laughs> it's honestly, it's the best. This is the best time to watch curling post Super Bowl, but the NHL and NBA playoffs haven't started. It's like, honestly, I love the curling season for that because it's the perfect way to bridge that, like, what would be like an enormous gap. I basically go the entire year with, with like, like always having sports on because, like, the NFL season goes right to curling, goes right to the hockey playoffs. That basically ends as the CFL season starts, and that carries me to the NFL season. So I will, I will be, I will be 100% honest. I got hooked on curling during the Olympic. I think it was the 96 Olympics in Atlanta. 90. Oh, uh, I don't think they had curling at the 96 Olympics. Was it 98? 98. Okay. 98. Nagano. Nagano. Okay. So I got hooked there, and and no, you know I live in South Georgia, so we don't have ice or anything like that on a regular. But cool. that is a, it is a very very cool sport. I enjoy watching it on TV. It is definitely something that is that is worth watching. I would not bet on it because I have no idea who the players are or anything like that. But you know that <laughs> is what it is. But I do enjoy honestly it, right now watching that, it. Like the the early best bet for me, and I mean they they went into the men's national championship like leading Canada in, in like in, in points accumulated through the season but uh team Manitoba Matt Dunstone it's a, a new team put together this year and uh he's a he's been a great curler Matt Dunstone but he's surrounded himself with a bunch of guys that have won before I think it's it's so far like the results are showing I think it might put him over the edge I don't think they've lost yet this week so well, I will tell you how much I know about about curling if that is not the perfect name I know for a curler because what they're doing is throwing stones. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Jay gets it. Yeah, Matt Dunstone, perfect <laughs> curling name. Oh, yeah. He's from Manitoba, which is kind of like you know, there's a few hotbeds of curling throughout Canada, and yeah, the Manitoba is definitely one. The only other curling name I've heard as close as the uh, you know, rest in peace, Sandra Schmer- Schmerler, former Olympic gold medalist. Okay, uh, Schmerler the curler. Like that's that's probably the only other name that's maybe better. But yeah, Matt Dunstone definitely a curling name. So Kyle, she was, she was, she was the dicker, dicker the kicker before, dicker the well, kicker. It's, it's funny because she won the Olympics, uh, the Nagano Olympics. I don't know if maybe you, okay, you saw maybe, her there, but yeah, maybe that's yeah. 
I think she's a lot better than Cameron Dicker, though. I gotta say, because <laughs> not only on top of the, that Olympics, I believe she won three world championships. So yeah, uh, one of the greatest curlers ever. So well, hey, to tie in football and curling, there was a time. I don't know if you know this, uh, Gator Kyle probably will remember. There was a time where the great Kansas City Chief and Minnesota Viking uh, Jared Allen tried mm-hmm. to try out for the Olympics, and I he do put it. He put a team together and tried to win to go, and he failed. He got yep. third place, not he didn't make it. But I do remember that. Um, Jared Allen of the infamous Vikings. Um yep. back in the back in the 90s, um, the late 90s, early 2000s, Jared Allen. All right, well, let's get back into some football here. And I know this is gonna be one that that uh again, we're talking about that fifth year option. Somebody didn't pick one up, and it is Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, they didn't pick up the fifth year option. This one probably did save them a little bit of money. Uh, I'm not, you know, in the long run. NFL rushing leader last year, but gets a tag. Again, he's going to be about $10 million, a little bit more than $10 million this year. Looks like, you know, unless they go and get a, you know, a Jimmy G or something like that, he is going to be pretty much the offense. Um, So, Mike, let's start with you. Josh Jacobs getting the tag. Uh, being a Raider, this hurts me to say, but they actually did something smart because they needed to keep Josh Jacobs and they weren't going to sign him to a deal. Just like you mentioned with the whole Barkley thing and just the running backs in general, it's easier to keep him for five, six years with the tag. Well, hey, you have the number one leading rusher and you're only paying him $10 million. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis, GM, whatever your name is, I can't remember who it is now. You guys finally did something right for once. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with you there. I I, I, I was hoping, I was truly hoping that, that Josh Jacobs would be, you know, free agent market, go find a team kind of mm-hmm. thing because you know what he did last year was just phenomenal. I've always been high on him, uh, and I'm not, and I'm a Gator, and I hate Alabama, so you know. But I, I was always, I always liked that kid. So, Kyle, Josh Jacobs getting the tag. Thoughts? Well, actually. More than thoughts, I'd like to ask you guys again, get your thoughts, ask this question uh, just between these two Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. I know from myself and my dynasty rankings, I think they're both kind of back half top 12 running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- believe I've got Josh Jacobs at RB9. Um, to me, if anything, it almost seems too high. Whereas I've got Barkley, I believe, I think it's six. Without B, without having Bijan in and the rookies yet, it's six. But I think obviously that'll be at least moving down one spot with Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I um, but yeah. I'd rather have Barkley than Jacobs. But what do you guys think? I was going to ask I, if you yeah. had rookies included in that. So that's that's so you're not including rookies right now. So with rookies, it may, maybe Jacobs is even out of the top twelve. But mm-hmm. I would rather have Barkley. I think Jacobs was a little bit of a product of what was going on in Vegas, but. Just like Gator said, I don't, and he's talented. I was up, I was on him, even though he was a Raider. He deserves all the credit. I just, I would personally, talent wise, I would rather have Barkley. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think I would rather have Barkley as well. Um, the, the only, the only question I would have, we haven't seen an injury with Jacobs. We've seen it with Barkley, right? So, and then the age gap. I, I think there's like a, a year and a half, two year age gap. Is is that right? Are, are there's they... a one, I mean, there's one draft class. It's one draft Jacob's class. One draft class younger, but he was all. I think he was a young rookie coming out. 
Uh, right. But I thought so was Saquon though. So I, I would guess one year in age, but I'll, I can look that up. Yeah, I would I I would lean Barkley. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you, you can't. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. Um, I mean, you're still talking about RB ones when it comes down to it. They're both going to be back in RB ones. You know, anywhere from that seven to twelve range, eight eight to twelve range, depending on when you put these rookies back in there or, or whatnot. So. But I, w- I think I would lean Barkley um, as well. There is, I guess, one year and two days difference. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's a huge age gap there. And, and <laughs> <laughs> those two days really make the difference there. Well, the, the, well, if, see, if, I, if only if only Jacobs was born on February 9th and it was only exactly a year difference, then yeah. We, or if, if Barkley was born a couple days later, I guess. Well, yeah, that, that, like I said, if, if it was, if it was 364 days, okay. That's fine. But now, now we're talking 366, 67 days. Yeah, yeah we're, we, we, there's a problem there. And especially if, it's a gap, if, it's a, if it's a gap here, oh, I guess they're both born in February. But um, so the, Mike said something about like, you know, Jacob's season last year was the product of what was going on around him. And like, just I don't know if, if you can expand on that, Mike, but I was interpreting that as he just got so many, many opportunities. Yes, because of that's the exactly lack of. It, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. And that to me, to tie in what you were saying, Gator, almost I think makes Jacobs the biggest injury risk or bigger injury risk of the two because of the dreaded 350 touches. He had 340 carries and 53 receptions. He had almost 400 touches last year. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing that concerns me with Jacobs is the heaviest workload he's ever had and by a, a large distance. Uh, he had never even hit 300 carries, let alone you know close to 350. Uh, he had, what was the most touches he had had? He had uh, I guess he I guess he hit 300 touches in his second season but just barely in 306 total touches 276 uh, 273 carries 33 receptions. So how does Jacob's body respond the year after that? To me I wonder if this is the this is probably one of the worst times to sell running backs but let's say the Raiders do what they did last year and they take a fourth round running back you know rookie running back this year even maybe let's say they go in day 2 and take a running back I think it could we could see Jacob's value hit because like we're talking like I said RB nine you guys seem to think that seemed pretty good mm-hmm. and I mean frankly Jacobs has not been valued as a top twelve running back in previous seasons and he is now because he's coming off a great season but I do wonder if he did th- falls out partially because the Raiders draft another one so I wonder if this is a time to sell Jacobs right now as again as bad as it is to sell running backs this time of year it might not it might be no I think time that's- to do it. I think that's I think that's actually fair because if you look at what he you know depending on on your 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 league you know he was RB one in standard RB three in PPR, or you know overall he was thirteenth in standard and ten in, in PPR. Now's the time to do it because I mean he's he's a, you know going into his fifth year, we know how running backs break down, you know in in. So now's the time to go. If you can get a, let me ask you like this. If you have Jacobs on your team and you can get a, this year, 111. Are you taking Jacobs or the, are you, I mean, are you going to keep Jacobs or are you going to get the 111? Mike? It's it's funny. Cause I, I think I traded Jacobs for basically, I think it was the, what, what turned out to be, I think the 109 or 110 
last year in season. Mm -hmm. But I also don't have that pick because I think I immediately flipped it as a part of a package to get Tyree Kill. Right. You see, I think any first at this point for running back like that, that like you mentioned coming the fifth year with the chance that like, let's say, you know, the 350 touches comes back to bite him and he has an injury. How much does his value plummet? I think the pick had, you know, maybe not the ceiling of Josh Jacobs, but has a much safer floor. So I think it's a much safer investment. So yeah, I think if, if I had, you know, I've got, I think I've got one Josh Jacobs share left. It's a co-managed team. So I'll talk to uh, David <laughs> Kingston, who's in as part of the dynasty and chill patron chat. That's how we met and interacted and decided to co-manage a team together. So it's my only co-managed team actually. So that was a interesting experience. So shout out to Sh- Scott Connor for the dynasty and chill uh, patron chat for that. But like if it, you know, I guess we have the 112. So if I got we got the 111 and back-to-back picks, I think I'd do that in a heartbeat. In the, under that context of that specific team where I know I've got Jacobs, but I think in almost any situation, I think I'd, I'd take the 111. Yeah, I'm taking. I think I take the 111. Can I get okay. Zach Charbonnet there? My potential RB2, RB3. Right. I think I'll take. I got. I got Charbonnet in um in a super flex mock today at 111. There we go. Yeah, I think I'm taking that reroll. So then, so then let's let's flip the script. Then it's pretty much the exact same question. How high do you, you know, if you've got, you know, uh, um, Saquon at six, what does it cost to get Saquon? I mean, they're, they're both in the basically the, yeah. the same contract year, right? And yeah. with Saquon's already had the injury. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, extra year. It's funny because he's got the extra year in mm-hmm. the NFL, but he also, one of those seasons was an ACL tear like week one or week two. So he barely played. So, like, okay, well, he doesn't have that much wear and tear, but he also, well, not that much wear, but he has he right. had the tear. Um, so, yeah, it's it's weird because it feels like, yeah, 111 is too light for Barkley. And is that, is that just, it does. I don't think like, at, at no point was Josh Jacobs as, as high valued as he ever was, was ever the RB one. Whereas we've had that with Barkley and th- that's more a name cache than any reasonable value. So to your point, Jay, they really shouldn't be all that different. Now, again, I, you know, Barkley didn't even hit 300 carries. Well, he did have a lot of receptions. I think he just hit the 350 total touches, but again, because of his role as a pass catcher could also see him, lasting longer than jacobs in terms of a longer career well, he, so also I think, had, he also had a very 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 good rookie year oh yeah phenomenal rookie i think so, it's the the most catches ever by a rookie running back and and i think mm-hmm. if it's like i guess we've had a few christian mccaffrey seasons and i think a jd mckissick season that have gone up there with big receptions but i think it's like still top 15 all time for mm-hmm. receptions by a running back now, I think last year, I don't even think he hit 60. So while, okay, we like this Daniel Jones offense, he also isn't hitting the Eli Manning dump off to him 90 times offense either. So, yeah, you see, I, I think I'd take Barkley still. It's a long way of saying that, but it doesn't feel like there, sh- there should be as they much of a gap. Sh- they shouldn't be that far off, right? Yeah. But there is. It's, 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 there's it three is spots in is. my rankings, but it feels like there's a tier break. What would it and- take for you, Gator? To get rid of Barkley, um, I I would be asking probably somewhere in the one hundred four, one hundred five, okay. to be to be honest. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. get that again, chance at a quarterback, you're, right? Yeah. You're looking at name cachet and and what he did. His, what he did his rookie year, he came back from the injury, and what he did last year. Look, I'm not going to just give him away for free, right? I'm not going to give him for, you know. This call at the one eleven, and then I mean, I think Zach Charbonnet is going to be a great player, but I'm not, I'm not giving Saquon for Zach Charbonnet. 
we think Zach Whereas, Charbonnet can replace what Jacobs has done. I can, maybe yes. last year notwithstanding, but again, you know, if a guy gets 340 carries, then yeah, maybe that's not so surprising. He leads the league in rushing yards. We think that production's re- replaceable. Tough to see Zach, Zach Charbonnet getting 89 receptions as a rookie, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 that's kind of where I am with that. Um, I just wanted to see what your thoughts are. So let's, you know, we we talked about some injury. We talked about, you know, uh, tags and. So let, let's 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 give some joyous, joyous, joyous news right here. Geno Smith, after ten years in the league, finally, finally gets a bag. He finally gets a bag. Three years, one hundred plus million dollars. One hundred plus million. Let's go. From and if Seattle. I remember, and if I remember right. I think they. Fr- I think his first year is like completely front front loaded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's got to be a front loaded. But props to him for going out. You know, in a in a one year deal, basically last year. Yeah. Basically getting put up. Hey, it's going to be you and Drew Lock. Go win the job. Not only did he win the job, he excelled at the job. Everybody faded DK Metcalf, including myself. Faded Tyler Lockett. This passing game is going to be horrible. Whether it's Drew Locke or whether it's Geno Smith, it's not going to be good. People were fading and, Tyler Lockett when Russell Wilson was there. Though, to be fair, everyone's <laughs> always been way too low on Tyler Lockett than we should be. But he went out there and showed out, gets paid the, for doing it, and now is is in prime position to to bring in the next Seattle quarterback. So what are you guys' thoughts on Geno Smith getting finally getting paid? Um, well-earned payday. Let's go to you, Mike. Good job, Gino. You proved me wrong. I hate saying it. I thought Locke was going to win the job, and I thought Locke was going to do decent in Seattle. And I was completely wrong. I jumped off the freaking – I ran a freaking 100-meter dash off of a 40-meter pier. <laughs> I mean, I just – but good for Gino. He deserves it. He's one of the good guys. He's gone through some rough stuff, you know, New York, New York, having to deal with the New York Jets, then having to go and being the quarterback the year that freaking Ben McAdoo ruined Eli Manning's end of his career. He's gone through a lot. I listened to a podcast with him. You can tell he's a good guy. He just wants to do what he needs to do for his team to win. Go get the bank when you can in the NFL because, you know, we all know it's a business, and they'll get rid of you as soon as they can if they have to. And for him, he proved that he can do it. And now for Seattle, they can go draft somebody and have them sit for a couple of years if they have to. I mean, I have an idea of who I would if I did do that, but I don't think that it could happen. But other than that, you just have a guy for a couple of years, and then who knows, in 2025 or whatever, you draft a QB. So you're saying Anthony Richardson to Seattle at pick five is what you just nope, said. That is out not loud. what I'm saying. That is what you said out loud. Nope, you're not gonna, I have a different quarterback. Who's your quarterback? You think you're gonna you're gonna Seattle's gonna pick at five? No, I'm not saying at five. But then but they I'm won't saying, get a quarterback unless it's a second round quarterback. Are they going after Hendon Hooker? Four. They're going after Hendon Hooker. Ah, okay. The torn ACL, right? Like you don't have to rush him at all. You don't have like to. He rush may him. not even be healthy. But could you head. imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine? Anthony if they Richardson, did it with Richardson, oh my god! DK Metcalf. <laughs> and hey, it'd be perfect. I mean, it, I could see it happening. I mean, that's Man. you know, it's we're keeping an SEC fan Walker backfield. 
but RB one in Dynasty right now, at least RB, my yeah. like literally, literally no one else's, but my rankings have him at that. It's... Got you, Kyle. What do you think about the Geno Smith stuff? Love three it for years, Gino. hundred million. Um, so I just looking up because I saw this on Twitter and I wanted to confirm. I uh, love over the cap for the being able to go through in history, uh, and like player history. Geno Smith, do you want to guess how much he's made in his NFL career up to this point? Uh, again, not his endorsements, which I guess would may hopefully be higher. But just, yeah. you're you're talking about just contract. How much has Geno yeah. Smith made in the NFL? All right, so. Oh, so far. Um, yeah, up to this point. Where was he drafted? He was a third round he pick? He was a second round pick, second I believe. Round pick? Yeah. All right, so and I'm going gonna, gonna to say, and we're talking about total over the 10 yeah, years. The okay. entire, total yeah, 10 since years. he was drafted 90, in 2013. 91 million. Uh, 85? You guys aren't even close. He's made 17.48 million, not even 17 and a half million. Oh, Lord. Now, his... Like give this is the it's funny, you know. I love I love this phrase. I've seen so many people use it as part of their logos, and it was such a great motto. You know, everyone wrote me off. I didn't write back. The check that was written to him and given to him. I think he I think he he loved what this this was written. Twenty eight million on the day of the signing bonus, and then I think the total guarantees are forty million. So like just 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 the signing bonus alone is more than double what he's made. So you know, good story for him. I uh, wow. would love if the running backs got paid like this, <laughs> all the punishment they go through. But yeah, good, at least good for Gino to get the, the bag because wow, nothing's guaranteed except the $40 million he just got. That's a that's a stat I was not expecting to get tonight and, and damn sure wasn't expecting it to be that low. Yeah, I was shocked million. when that's, I saw that. On that's like, insane. That, that can't be. But yeah, he, he went through the rookie contract and then he was signing like – like not league minimum, but like veteran minimum deals, one year deals here and there, right? Seven million last year with the Seahawks is like that. That almost that's accounts just... for half of it, right? So yeah, like that's going to be his biggest big contract, paycheck. right? Yeah, no, it is. Like wow. I mean, he hasn't like even through his rookie contracts, you know, two and a half million through that, and then basically not even sniffing two million ever any year after that. So even just last year with like just that audition when Russell Wilson got hurt in twenty twenty one that was enough to springboard him to the contract he got in 2022 and springboard of that to this massive payday. Uh, I mean, I love it for Ken Walker as an RB one in dynasty. Cause if like, you know, Geo Smith was passing the football, that was maybe the biggest concern with Walker coming out was, Oh, will he catch the ball? But Gino, you know, high, you know, this, he'll dump down to the running backs and he'll target Metcalf and Lockett a ton. But after that, like it seemed like he was no, he wasn't afraid to, give Kenneth Walker those types of opportunities. So I love it from Ken Walker's perspective because it's not a good enough quarterback to where he can, like he can still be the focal point of the offense and like the past game can just augment that too. So I love this for Ken Walker, honestly. No, I, I so I, much I so that I went and I gave up Brees Hall in the 209 in the speak on it league that Gator and I are in to get Ken Walker. I want my RB one. I didn't have a dynasty share. It was my last Brees Hall share. So that maybe that's something I, He's got a torn ACL. I'm sure I'll, I'll have more opportunities to buy him at future times. But yeah, I wanted to get Ken Walker now that you know solidified the quarterback. I was willing to give up that price. So uh, and I mean, part of that league gator is no taxi squad. So it's like, hey, yeah. got to be efficient with. Well, I want to be kind of making these two for one moves to not have to drop anyone and like you know clear up the roster spot. So I like the structure of that type of deal. Yes, I you know I'm chasing Ken Walker as the dynasty RB one again. I, I don't think anyone else has him ranked there. Uh, most like if you look at the going for two uh consensus he's at he's always in the top five um 
four or five, whoever he's ranked there. So, but no one's quite has the audacity to put him at RB one. Like I do. Yeah. The one thing that I do like about what D did with that league and you, and y'all go follow D and, and over there on Twitter at Los D mix, uh, part of the going for two family on Tuesday night, him and uh, our boy, Denny ocean get together and they throw out uh, some, some great pods on Tuesday. But one of the things that I liked that, that, that D did was, you know, of course, there's no taxi. But the other thing is, is so we have our and I don't even know what the number is, but let's call it a 23 man roster. Right. Your starters and, and your bench. But then when it comes draft season, you know, it's only a three round draft. But you don't. So Gator was smart by selling me all his late picks last year. Good. Good. Yeah. So 40 chess you, Gator. Wait, wait, you get are me. you are you have wait, to take do, a gamble. If you take a, a draft pick, you have to cut somebody on your team, right? So you really have to play the mind game. If I'm drafting knowing I'm going to draft late because my team is pretty good, I made the playoffs. Um, so I ended up in a in a, um, a a draw for pick. Yeah, and I you gotta do that. It's, the, it's a lottery for all the playoff teams. It's not just ranked on playoffs. So right, you so could you could be the, the team that wins a championship, but end up with the one hundred and five because you win yep. the lottery. So it's a ten man league. I ended up with the one hundred and nine, which I still own my first round pick, but mm-hmm. I gave up my second and my third round pick because I didn't want to cut those two. I didn't want to cut those players. And I don't remember exactly who. Oh, I, I for Dak Prescott. See, I, I, I can't remember who the, I got for the third, but I, I definitely don't remember who I, I gave you for the second. Uh, Dak Prescott, if I'm not mistaken, right? No. Although I think that was the third. Okay, maybe it was the third that I got Dak for. Yeah, uh, I, because I I had end up Trevor Lawrence my, went undrafted because it's a one QB league, and I picked up Lawrence. I picked up Geno Smith. Like I, I just. I drafted Dak and Tua, but my, my QB room is solid, solidified by the waiver pickup. So I, you know, I was able to trade Dak. You gave up Chase Edmonds for that second, which that's right. Chase, I got which is the second I just used to flip to get Ken Walker. So basically, it's Brees Hall and Chase Edmonds for Ken Walker. If you want to think of it that way, yeah, yeah. So either way, give me Ken Walker. Love it. Yeah. No, absolutely, one hundred percent. But I do like the way D D has set that up to where it's it's very 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 competitive and it's a very active league. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's been fun. It's only, it's only going into year two, but I think it's going to continue for, for a good minute, a bunch of good group, uh, group of guys in there. All right. So Evan Ingram gets the tag in Jacksonville props to Evan Ingram for finally showing up since his rookie year, but probably more importantly in Jacksonville. Yes. Welcome back to the NFL. Mr. Calvin Ridley. How have you been doing on the tables is what I want to know. Thank you very much. I'm so happy. Woo-hoo! Kyle, Evan Ingram getting the tag. Calvin Ridley reinstated. What does this mean for Trevor Lawrence? Doug Peterson, they're in Jacksonville. I mean, it seemed like Trevor Lawrence was already on the upward trajectory anyway, but yeah, having an extra weapon and being able to tag Ingram and then, you know, get Ridley, they haven't lost anything. Uh, I believe Marvin Jones might be a free agent and he still had 81 targets last year, but it does feel like, I mean, Ridley could easily replace that. And then, you know, Zay Jones had 121 targets. So if anything, I think Ridley can also replace that and like make a really true one, two punch with him and Christian Kirk and like, those two are going to combine for probably close to 250 targets like Kirk and Zay Jones did last year. To me, I think 
Evan Ingram has a good chance to reproduce his role from last season. It's funny because I looked up his stats because we, we did talk with this on the Full Press Fantasy Pod earlier this week. And last year he had a career high in receiving yards and catches. Yet he only had 98 targets and he's had two different seasons with 100 targets before then. One is his rookie season, as Jay alluded to, which, you know, career high in targets as a rookie. Also career high in, in receiving touchdowns. But so, you know, a bit more boom bust with those touchdowns. But yeah, but more receptions and more receiving yards this past season so much more efficient quarterback play with trevor lawrence i think helps that quite a lot so i could see evan ingram reproducing his role i think from last year if if there's anyone who's likely to lose targets i would say it's day jones he seems the likeliest to me to he'll maybe even fall behind evan ingram in that pecking order uh but maybe i'm wrong maybe ingram is the guy that didn't get 100 targets they focus on the three receivers and ingram's the one that gets hurt but i don't know I could see Zay Jones really being that guy that, that falls off of his production from last season and Ingram at least being able to maintain it, which I like. I've got him at dynasty tight end seven. Uh, to me, it's it's a clear tier break after six and seven through 14, even further than that, seven through 22, probably you could, you could jumble and put whoever you want there. But uh, outside of Evan Ingram, I, like, I don't really know who else I'd put. I like him being tied to that quarterback, even if it's just for one season. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's a, it's a great offense to be in. And he certainly seemed to come strong on strong as the season went on. And uh, I do want to shout out yesterday was international women's day and was wearing the uh, Scott fishbowl women's rock shirt from a couple of years ago uh, for a couple of reasons, a, because I actually had Evan Ingram on my Scott fishbowl team last year. So uh, shout out to that. And I think, I believe I was the furthest to make it from going for two. I finished uh, 98th out of 3000 plus. So, um, I've never made the Scott Fishbowl playoffs before. And not only did I make it, but got to the second last week, the semifinal week and made the top 100. So, uh, not that Evan Ingram was the biggest factor. I did have a guy named Patrick Mahomes that probably helped more than anything. Had the, I had the QB one and the RB one cause I had Mahomes and Eckler. So th- those are probably the two biggest reasons, but certainly, um, I went so heavy on quarterbacks and running backs early that the late shots at tight end, like Evan Ingram was also mm-hmm. something that helped sustain that my wide receivers sucked, but at least my tight ends were good. Uh, but yeah, so just wanted to shout out uh, Evan Ingram, even though, yeah, that's why, that's why I chose this shirt. This Scott Fishbowl shirt in particular was the, the women's rock shirt. Again, international women's day yesterday. Uh, we should always appreciate women. That's why I mentioned Sandra Schmerler because on top of being a great curler, she's also been a huge advocate for, like donating to hospitals and the Sandra Schmerler foundation, make sure to especially pediatric centers at hospitals and saving babies lives is always like the, the something that was dear to her heart and uh, important for her and her family. And yeah, uh, I'm with saving babies lives. And then the message comes up, Kyle killed it in Scott fishbowl. Per- right. Perfect timing. Right. Uh, perfect Gator. timing. That's why, that's why you're hosting. I'm the guy that just rambles, but uh, well, yeah, you, I'll you stop know, you, you speak it, you speak of women in, in this, in this space of fantasy sports and, and, in our industry. And we have our very own Gladys who you can see on every other Thursdays. She, she is gracious enough to give us a week off, including Kyle, because Kyle does the Monday show. And then the Thursday show, and then Gladys comes in the following week and does the Monday show and Thursday show. And if you haven't checked her out on those Thursday shows, I haven't I haven't had a chance to do the Monday show because I work a little bit later on Monday. But the 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 Thursday shows are absolutely phenomenal. Kyle, what's the name of her show on Thursday? It is. Oh, you see, you didn't have this all order. You didn't. No, have the I, order no, because I just memorized. looked up and I'm like, there's Gladys is in the chat. 
It is. I mean, does the name really no, matter? You have no, everything in a random order. In no specific order. That's right. In no particular order. No particular order. Close. No particular order. I was there. I was there. You had the in. And you know what? Once you get that in and in. you get that foot in the door, once it's, yeah, the rest once you're you can in, find. you're in. Yeah. Right? Check out the Going for Two Live network. And I mean, if you're watching yeah. this, you might know this, but subscribe. Check us out and like the videos and like all the videos on the network. But yeah, they do a phenomenal job. Uh, Gladys is actually gracious enough. <laughs> you said give us a week off, but she actually invited me on. So that like uh, the not this next Thursday, but uh, I'll be doing a back to back Thursdays on the 23rd again in a couple weeks from now with the Dynasty Gambit. And then the 30th, I believe, uh, is when, uh, yeah, I'll be on with uh, Gladys again. So appreciate that. Yeah, Gladys awesome. is so Absolutely. great. Love having her co-host uh, in season as well when we do the Monday night shows together. As well yeah. as Dan, who wasn't here to rant about the Giants, but I thought we rambled and ranted enough for him. Well, he'd still be rambling now, like twenty minutes right. later. So yes, Dan. yes. They gave Daniel Jones one hundred and sixty-nine million. What are they thinking? Trade so for Lamar I, Jackson. Take I the dynasty gambit and trade to, for Lamar Jackson. I do want to get to Mike's take on oh, Evan sure. Ingram getting tagged yeah. and Calvin Wrigley. Welcome back, baby. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome I, back. I, it's funny because I guess I was rambling. Back. I didn't get. Every, like to actually ask you guys about Sage, like, but that's who I think is like the guy that'll lose the most. No, I, I, I did ask I what you think, but then didn't give you a chance to answer. No, I, I agree 100% because I, I think the, what we didn't see this past year was the, the, what it, what we're going to see this year is going to be a lot of, of more passing usage for Etienne. And so I think Zay is going to actually yeah. follow a, quite a bit. Now you've got Calvin Ridley, You've got, you know, of course, Evan Ingram. You've got, you know, the the you know the the uptick that I think is going to happen. It's just my opinion, but I think there's going to be an uptick in passing for ETN. Um, so I think there's going to be. Had like, I don't even think he hit 60 targets last year. So no. yeah, he definitely has room to move. And it, I think they earlier, did that on purpose with him. You know, coming yeah. off the foot issue. You know, I think they wanted to ease him back in. I don't think they thought they were going to be as good as they were, right? And I, then they did, and they were like, oh shit. I mean, even well, I'm they sure paid. they believed it, but yeah, you're right. You can't. I thought they would be. <laughs> yeah, you did. You See, did. I, I still picked the Titans to win the division, which apparently was not the hot. That, that was the popular pick was apparently the Colts for some reason. Uh, but yeah. Well, um, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, Matty Ice, Matty Ice. Yeah, not so, not so. <laughs> Matty Matt, more like. Well, let's, let's get over here. Let's get over here to, I want to get to Mike's take. I know Mike's yeah, over here. Still in, keep interrupting. Sorry, Mike. We love talking with no, you. No, you. No, you're good. No, no because Gator, Kyle, Gator I've been doing why. this on purpose because I, Mike is fixing to explain. He's over there fixing to explode. Okay, so we should just create more suspense and keep yes, talking yeah, and not he's, let Mike he's going okay. to So explode. I'm actually playing my role perfectly. And yes. you didn't even need to instruct me because you nope. knew. Just let him go and it'll be fine. We don't even Look need it. to say anything. I already knew what Gator was doing. <laughs> I, and I don't. So that's why he's hosting. That's good. That's <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Like, let us know what's going on over there. Right, so let me, I got to set it up for Kyle because Kyle has no idea why. I actually, my bold take of the year was Jacksonville was going to win the, the AFC South. And everyone thought I was absolutely crazy. So when it absolutely ha actually happened, I went berserk. I am high on ETN just like Gator. I do agree with you, Gator, about the take about ETN 100%. My thing with Peterson is uh, Doug Peterson, when he was in Philly, loved and learned from the great Andy Reid, loves, loves to use the tight end. Then you get Ingram in. Ingram has a great year, just like Kyle said, most catches, even though he had more targets in New York, 
you know, he liked to drop the ball in New York. He doesn't drop the ball in Jacksonville. I mean, but I do think he's going to have around the same production, if not a little bit more. I think it might drop targets a little bit, but I don't think it's going to drop to production so low that he's going to lose his value. I like where you have him, Kyle. I don't know if I'd have him right there at seven, but I can see what you're saying. You know, seven to 15 is so inflexed that you can have him all mixed. Zay Jones will lose a little bit, but just like Gator, I am so happy that Calvin Ridley is back, baby. Let's go. Stay away from gambling. Real quick, Mike, real quick. So did you see, and I want to say it was at the Combine, uh, a reporter asked Doug Peterson about the uh, Super Bowl. No. Did, did you see what he said? No, I did not. Andy Andy Reid owes me money. At least at least because partial rate. Because he stole play? that play from me. Oh, the Aggie. You see, it's it should be the opposite. If anything, it's Andy Reid. Well, A, you showed us the way, but it's also like, man, you gave the Eagles the map to know how what they were supposed to fix. And <laughs> like the Chiefs got lucky that the Eagles didn't fix that and they kept going with that defensive formation in the red zone. Yeah. But like Doug Peterson really showed them the way to like this almost I almost thought it was the opposite. Like this was Peterson trying to give a, one final gift back to the Eagles. Okay, guys. This could be a problem. Imagine what the Chiefs and their super talented players can do. Not that they necessarily knew I, that. Well, I mean, at that early in the season, we knew how good the Eagles were. Easy, I think we knew the Chiefs easy were good. was super talented. Easy was super talented when it comes to, to the Chiefs wide receiving core. Well, hey. I mean, I think Kadarius Tony is a much more talented player than Jamal Agnew. I, I don't know. For some reason, I think that's – I thought that was a safe it's bet, possible. I guess. Not. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Kadarius Tony is better than McCall Hardman. Well, yeah. Eh, is he, so, though? Gator, I mean, you know how I, I feel mean, about Hardman. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. He they're, gone. They're very similar. But, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Mike that Tony's the better player. It's the better, it's the better version of the speedy guy that gets hurt a lot. Well, do you guys want to get into some rapid fire free agents, or do you want to save that for for a uh, two week episode? Well, here's the thing. I think that actually is a great preview. Again, why he's the host? The truth is, I I put the Lamar Jackson icon on, and I know we've referenced him a few times. But we got I, 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 I was trying to. I was trying not to have Lamar Jackson talk. But let's talk about. I Lamar figured we Jackson. should end the episode let's with. It. It. I thought. Let's I thought the way it. we had, the way you had organized and led up. I thought we were leading up to just, let's finish the episode with Lamar Jackson. I didn't really want to talk about it because everybody's talking about it, but I guess we have to. I mean, not that not that I, I I shouldn't say I don't want to. Everybody's talking about him. I think it's it's getting to a point where we're going to oversaturate it. But we are we are a fantasy um, pod, so we do need to at least address it. So Lamar Jackson, not exclusive tag, meaning that any team can talk to him because they're not going to talk to his agent because he is his own agent. Um, if they, if he does sign the, the, uh, a offer sheet from them, Baltimore has the option to, of course, match that. And if they don't, that the, the team that he signs with gives up their next two first round picks. Now, I don't know if, for instance, let's call it Atlanta this year. Let's say they have two first round picks in 23 two and 24 is it one from 23 one from 24 is it or is it the next two period the end that i don't know don't know if either one of you know that so that would be my first question i don't know either okay so they're going to give up the next first two picks uh first round picks um 
for for Lamar Jackson if if the Ravens do not match. I honestly think this is a Yes, Lamar, I, I think you're worth money, but I'm not going to guarantee you a Deshaun Watson contract. And if you think for any for one second that anybody out there is going to give you $280 million all guaranteed, go find them. Because I guess the one, the one message is, oh, like Lamar can always say, oh, but the Browns did it, and then every other team can look. The Browns did it, being a reason to do something. When has that ever been a good thing, right? Like, it's when has the Browns ever been the, the model way to run a franchise? And this is how, exactly what NFL success is. So, because the Browns did something, probably means it's probably not a good thing to do in a sense. Um, yeah, I don't but, disagree. You don't follow, at least for the last, and I know this is going to hurt Jamie's feelings right here. You don't follow yes, the Browns, you know, structure, you know, or narrative for what they've done over the last, what? 40 years basically since auto or no they they won a super or they won an nfl championship without auto Graham. basically since jim brown was there right and they they've had some decent players it's funny because like of like the packers have had i think since the browns last championship the packers have won five nfl championships just as a reference point are we talking to curling again or are we just talking football Oh, you're, I don't, you're I don't believe there was a Packers team in curling, to be honest. I'm surprised you don't I mean, have Northern one of Ontario, your teams. it does have green and gold. Maybe that's part of my affinity for the, the Packers color scheme. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't named one of your teams Packers. Um, oh, I, w- I want them to trade for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, trade trade Aaron Rodgers to what seems like the Jets or the Raiders or whoever. And then par- using – I mean, the Packers already have a first-round pick, but using whatever you get from there, but also throw in Jordan Love – that's how you get Lamar Jackson. So I want Lamar Jackson on the Packers. Yeah. So that was going to be my next my my next question. Uh, well, first of all, let, let's go to you, Mike. What do you think of this whole Lamar drama? Oh, I think I think you nailed it on. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's the fact that Baltimore is going is telling Lamar, if you think you can get it, go make. You, if you think that's what you can get, go make your deal. I think they just want to prove that what they're saying they'll give him is what he would really get. I I don't think the owners are sitting there calling people up or anything like that. You know, no, no shenanigans, but the rest of the league is he's going to end up being the scapegoat or the, you know, in the sense of that first quarterback that's going to go out there and try to get that guaranteed money. And the rest of the league is going to be like, we're not going to give you that. Just like Kyle said, we're not going to make the same mistake that these idiots in Cleveland made. And the yeah, one thing I, I'm just thinking of, too, sorry, Gator, real quick. Go, go ahead. I say real quick. You've heard Sage say real quick and then go off a five-minute rant. So I guess oh, I yeah, I've, do I've heard that, too. Um, but maybe maybe it's not even Lamar's contract. Maybe teams have been phoning the Ravens, t- trade talks, and what the Ravens want in exchange is just so ridiculous mm-hmm. that, okay, we're not going to bother trading. We, we think we can – hold out a year and you're going to have no choice, but to let him walk as a free agent. I think maybe that's what teams are thinking. This is, this is actually maybe more geared towards the Ravens and you have to, you've, you have to drop your price down more than it is Lamar Jackson, maybe, or maybe it is about the Jackson's contract demands, but I, I just kind of got that flash of there are two components here because the team does have to trade for that. And again, I guess if, if the, the, you know, I guess if the compensation, I guess it's weird because 
would it be cheaper just to trade for him and then rescind the tag and then just sign him to that contract? Cause, cause otherwise, yeah, if you match, like if you, ha- if you send him an offer and they match it, it's two firsts. So yeah. maybe that, maybe that's the Ravens is they, they've locked in that price now. Okay. No, you, that's what, that's the legal requirements to, to sign. And that's kind of what they've been looking for is the multiple firsts and teams don't want to trade that. I don't know. Well, and, Kyle, now, well, and now maybe they don't have a choice, but to trade the two firsts if they want to talk to him. So that's already like we were willing to give you a first and then do the 250 million guarantee, but we won't give up two firsts and do that. So, yeah. Know. So here's what I want you to look up, Kyle, real quick. What is the draft order? Because the, the, the question I have is who is the who is best suited to go and get Lamar? The the obvious answer, at least in my in my opinion, <laughs> right away is Atlanta. So if Atlanta gives up, and I want to say Atlanta is what in the top fifteen? They're eighth. They're eighth. Ooh. So would you, as a Baltimore fan, would you rather have the number eight overall pick and a call it a twenty-four first? Because I don't know how that works out. Whether yeah. it's the very next first or if it's the following year. So call it call it the eighth overall pick. So now you have two first. The eighth and Baltimore has the what 16th, 17th, somewhere in that range. So you have two top 22. 20, they made 22. the playoffs. They're 22. Okay. So you have, could you turn around and trade those two in order to get a Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, you know, uh, uh, Bryce Young, move up into that top four, basically, is what I'm, what I'm getting at. And, and, and secure a, cause you could have Tyler Huntley. I think he's a free agent as well, but you could re-sign him. But you you could have a Tyler Huntley for this year, right? Go ahead and pick up a a, a decent, maybe depending on who drops, a Jalen Hyatt in the second round. You got Bateman, you got Hyatt, you got now you got a, a starting quarterback in the in the you know for for the future, because Baltimore has never been that team to go out there and overpay. For any skill position, and Joe Flacco though, you give him a big contract after winning a Super Bowl. To be but fair, but he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like okay, you that win context a Super is Bowl. important. Would you rather win a Super Bowl? or Would you rather win an MVP as a team? Would you rather a player on your team win a Super Bowl, or your team win a Super Bowl, or a player on your team win the MVP? Yeah, right, not even close. No as contest. a team, you want the ring, right? So. I see what Baltimore is doing here. Mike, what are your thoughts on Baltimore and, and, and Lamar Jackson? Actually, can I interrupt real quick and say, sure. from a fantasy perspective, I will say, however, Joe Flacco has never won me a fantasy championship, but Lamar Jackson certainly did in his MVP season. Well, unfortunately, but I had to pick up we are not the Joe Baltimore Flacco. Ravens. I had to pick up Joe Flacco last year because, well, I had a little issue. He was in, on my Scott in, Fish. Yeah, I picked up Joe Flacco a- and Scott Fishbowl, too. Yeah. Well, I had an issue with my with one of my starting quarterbacks in Scott Fishbowl, and and Zach Wilson decided not to um, show up. You know, no, he showed up. Get, he just get, get outplayed by Chris Trevler at points in the season. Yeah, that's not good. Well, he was he went to the lady's house that he shouldn't have been at, and then so he's think you know you know how kids are these days in New York. <laughs> anyway, Mike, what are your thoughts on Baltimore and Lamar? No, so I already I already said why I think they are what they're doing with the money and all that. But when it comes to the actual trade thing, I mean, Atlanta's a team. I mean, Carolina's sitting at nine. I mean, that is intriguing. I still think there's 
I still think teams saying they're not in, not interested are lying out of their goddamn teeth. Yes, I'm talking to you, Washington. Um, Nobody's interested in, in a – To be fair, I could see Washington being legit. Sorry, Jay. Because they're – like – and uh, I know George Carmi, full press commanders, uh, which we we're, there's one franchise play, tag player we're not going to talk about. It's Deron Payne. Uh, but if mm-hmm. you want to hear George Carmi uh, uh, thoughts on it on the most recent episode of the Full Press uh, Fancy Pod, but he also references their, you know, the ownership sale and the, the situation with Dan Snyder. Yeah. Like Dan Snyder, if he's about to sell the team, does not want to just put two hundred fifty million away that he's going to have to pay out eventually for for not owning a team. So I actually think Washington's out for that reason. They're not okay. going to make a big commitment like that unless, until ownership is settled. So maybe if this lasts long enough, but I think for now that they're their refusal to me seems legit because I don't think they have the finances to be able to do it. Or, I mean, he does. Like Snyder probably has the money, but he's not willing to because I can't blame him. Like, you're, if you're literally about to sell the team, why are you putting the two hundred fifty million dollar investment right away in him like that? Yeah, I mean, another one that gets me is, I mean, let's talk about. I mean, not your team, but in the sense of, I heard saw something on Twitter the other day that said. If the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, because the Jets, because the Jets aren't that far off. I mean, Jets are a decent team. Mm-hmm. Could the Jets pull something because they already have pieces on defense? They already have the wide receivers. They got Brees Hall. Could the Jets try it? I mean, I don't know if they will, but that's a team that supposedly people think have the assets and the money to do it. It's funny because the three teams you've brought up specifically, Mike. Carolina, oh, Atlanta, New York Jets. They all make so much sense and they absolutely should trade for Lamar Jackson. But there's something that all three of those teams have in common. I don't know if you know what it is, but it does re- relate to Zach Wilson being drafted and all that, that uh, class. D- yeah, all pick the quarterback up high. Well, no, they, in fact, well, the Jets did, but Atlanta went with Kyle Pitts and was that JC Horn with the Panthers? Yeah. All three of those teams passed on Justin Fields. So oh, to yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. extent, they've already made this comment of this archetype of quarterback we're not willing to, to spend top dollar on. Like all those teams could have just had fields on their team now and not have to worry about this. But they made that mistake then. And I believe, I guess, Panthers have a new regime. So maybe the Panthers almost makes the most sense because that isn't the same general manager and organization that made yeah. that decision last time. But if all three of those teams have already kind of passed up on the rookie the rookie contract, younger version of Lamar Jackson, why would they then suddenly go and pay $250 million? Yes, for a more proven quarterback in Jackson compared to Justin Fields. But it's maybe not that surprising that these teams have passed just because of that. They've already kind of said that they're, you know, it's telling how, how much the Panthers were in on Deshaun Watson, apparently, and how quickly they're out on, on Lamar Jackson. They're, the elite passing is what they're looking for. Even though Lamar Jackson, his touchdown rate's been really good. His passing outside the numbers, the accuracy is still not great, but his downfield accuracy is pretty great. Like to me, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson as my NFL team quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Like I don't want the Packers to trade for Watson, but I would love if they traded for Lamar Jackson. So I don't quite get that, but it does seem like those teams have already kind of, they're afraid of the running quarterback for some reason. Well, I think that as quick as it came out where you had these, what, four or five teams come out there and say they're not interested in Lamar Jackson, they're not going to chase Lamar Jackson, whatever the hell they said. I think that is where the the conversation or the thought process for not just fantasy fantasy football, but but also in real life football for the NFL is where people were thinking, 
oh, this is collusion. Well, I don't think it is collusion. I think it is truly and honestly, it's one of those, no, we it's this is wrong. Setting the market at that price yeah. is is ridiculous, right? So I don't think it is collusion. I just think there is a it's time to woof, woosa. As as Martin Lawrence said, woosa, woosa. Um, well, I mean, so that's I what I say. I it's funny. That. One of Gator's comments, or not Gator's comments, uh, Jamie's comments, um, Haslam, he's the idiot. The uh, I believe that's the owner of the, the Browns. Yeah, but the Browns, yeah. Again, for a certain extent, like it's it, Browns have been nothing but awful and chaos and everything is like bad. And, but I think they maybe wanted the rest of the NFL to taste that and had put that contract out there so that it, it messes up all these negotiations. Okay, we've got all these young quarterbacks coming up. We want every other team in our conference specifically to have to pay just as much there. And we're prepared to do it. We'll, we'll plan it out so that we're, we feel like we'll be ready for it. But these guys are almost going to be blindsided by it. Um, but we'll find out. Maybe it'll backfire and they'll be, the, they'll be the only one paying a quarterback that much. But we'll, we'll see, I guess, how the Browns. Uh, I do have one question for you guys uh, for Lamar Jackson. Then we can head out of here unless there's other ramblings that we want to say. Because I've rambled enough. So certainly you two could have the opportunity to do that. But... Uh, how high are we taking Lamar Jackson in a, in a dynasty startup? We'll say super flex. I'd imagine he still has to be in the first round, right? He's still he's still a top nine quarterback for me. Um, yeah. You know, if, if we're oh, going to yeah. sit here and, you know, talk about it is a it's it's a super flex. Number one, we want at least for fantasy. We want the rushing upside. We know he can pass the ball. I, at least I think he can pass the ball. The The rushing upside is a huge plus. Um, so he may be dropping down a little bit. He may be dropping more like seven, eight, nine, but he's still a not t- a top nine for me. I agree. So you're taking like, and I guess both you think those should be the first nine picks in a super flex start. In a super like, flex, absolutely. Jefferson shouldn't be going until one ten, right? Or well, at least in my opinion. Now I will give you well, a. Well, I agree instance. too with you. Jay. Yeah, I'll give you Mike? a for instance. I just did a startup. Uh, let's see. Let me pull this. Go, go ahead, Mike. No, yeah, get, get your thoughts on on like where you're taking Jefferson relative to those quarterbacks. I would say no earlier. I could see. I could. I'm not saying I would do it, but I could see Jefferson going around seven. Oh, you see, I could. I could see Jefferson being taken like six, five, even like someone being that. I don't want to be that team though. I, I'm like especially that early, not knowing who you might get as your QB like coming back. Although, to be fair, the way two has been falling in drafts, he almost seems like you can take that early shot on Jefferson knowing you'll, at the very least, you'll get two in your, at your second round pick. But I'm, I think, like, to me, if I'm in a startup and I'm sitting at 107, Lamar Jackson is, like, the worst case scenario. Like, he's not falling pat further than 107 to me. Like, yes. if, if, I, if being forced to choose between Jackson and Fields or Jackson and Watson or Jackson and Jefferson, I'm taking Lamar still. So Trevor I, Lawrence is maybe the one guy, like 106, even 105 with Justin Herbert. That's maybe the tipping point of you can I'm sell taking, me I'm on. I'm taking Herbert. See, I think I would probably go Herbert. I think that's how my ranks are right now is Herbert, Lawrence, Jackson, five, six, seven in quarterback rankings. Um, but I think that's that could be kind of viewed as a tier. Like a, you, can, you can maybe like, you know, if we get some clarity on Lamar Jackson, maybe I, I can be sold on him as the QB five. But that's, I think... The tear break to where, yeah, I, I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to think about a receiver if I can just take Lamar Jackson. So I've I have done two startups this year, um, and, and I'm not happy that I've done two startups by no means because I'm, I'm I, I need to slow down. Um, <laughs> but it's less than one per month. 
I've done one. Yeah, in one of in one of the startups, I ended up with the 101 pick. So of course, automatically took uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. But then I turned around and traded. I, I did. I pulled the Scott Connor method. Speaking of Scott Scott Connor, this is twice you've been brought tonight. So going for please, two. Yeah, go 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 check out Scott Connor. He's been on he's been on my Wizzy show um, for trades in five uh, on on Tuesdays. Go check him out. Super super knowledgeable dude. Um, I pulled his method out, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go get two elite quarterbacks in this league, and I'm gonna do it right now. So I ended up with Patrick Mahomes, and then I traded my second, my third, and my fifth round pick. Okay. And jumped all the way to 104. And I picked up Jalen Hurts. Who went 103? I don't Burrow? even know, to be honest. Oh, probably Burrow, I, yeah, it would have been what you had, maybe you had Allen and, and, and Burrow probably. Um Mahomes but so, hurts. Yeah, so Mahomes hurts. I am completely set at quarterback for the next probably eight years, right? So I don't have to worry about quarterback at all. Still ended up stacking with Kelsey. Still got, mm-hmm. you know, a, a couple nice little wide receivers with Marquise Brown, you know, uh, Johnson. My running backs aren't great, but I got a ton of them, right? So that's then the way the, to build. That, that sounds like a Scott Connor build, yeah. Yes, and that's exactly what I was trying to do is I wanted to see if it worked. So I did the exact same thing in my next startup. And I want to say it was like at 108, somewhere in that range. And ended up with Trevor Lawrence. So then I traded my second, my fourth, and my fifth. To move back in. To move back into the first at 110 and got to Sean Watson. I feel like I'm still pretty set at quarterback. And the one thing I'll ask is on these trades, I'm – Guessing again, following the Scott Connor method, that you're not giving one of those cardinal rules, right? You're not giving up. Never more give up picks. the future first. So, like, wh- what is the rage that you're going for on those? Well, you never give up the future first, but also this, this, the other part of the rule is never give up more startup picks than you're getting. So, if you're giving up two, three, and five, getting the one, but then also getting the two late getting picks a, back, so what, getting a getting a nine and twelve, yeah, fit in there. Perfect. Oh, I always say, however many starters you have, get like that number pick, and yeah. then you're still in the quote unquote starter range. So if it's a start twelve, yeah, and getting a nine and a twelve, perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I, I always say two, three, four for one eight nine or one seven eight. Like, d- give me the the double, the four and the eight. Like, I'll I'll give me the okay. Your latest pick that you're going to be getting is the fourth. So I'll take the even though I'm getting the first, so I'm getting the first. Give me the one that's twice as late. So that's usually what I'll try as a, as a first offer. Two, th- you know, two and three for one and seven. Mm-hmm. Two and three for one and eight, something like that. And if I've got to go do the three picks for three, I'll do that too. But yeah, I think uh, I love doing that move anytime you can. I think uh, I love the both builds. And you showed like you can do it from wherever you are in the startup. Just make sure you get into that top nine quarterback range. Yep, you're trying to get to that not that top nine. And it, and if and if for some reason you get the 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 JJ lovers, you get the the Chase lovers. That quarterback moves back to you, right? So then you get you Watson at one ten. Watson at one ten. Um, but I just wanted to give it, like I said, we, we we've shot him out twice tonight. Just want to make sure I give up his correct uh, um, at Charles Chill FFB at Charles Chill FFB. Go follow him over there. He's at Dynasty uh, uh, Destination Debbie. He's all over the place. Super super knowledgeable. Um, and and then make sure you tell him that that, that Gator J sent you. Tell him that, that, that going for two families sent you over there. 
uh, to to follow him and and get the information and the insight because he is super knowledgeable, very 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 technical. So you may have to listen to what he's saying two and three times in order to completely understand what he's telling you to do, but you should do it. Should absolutely do it. Scott and Scott will admit admit this fully. He's not the guy you go to talk to about who's the better player, what players mm-hmm. to pick. Scott's Scott's about strategy, roster construction. Uh, Big Scott, philosophies and principles. That's where Scott will. Scott, and I, and gives I love two sh- Scott gives two shits what the guy's name is. No, he's all about the, he's all about the asset number, yep. not the yep. name. So yep. there, that's why I say it, it may take you a minute to understand what he's saying. Go follow him. Go listen to him. Listen to it three and four times. You will finally understand it, fellas. We have gone. Super long tonight. We are an hour and a half. We can in. do this in half an hour, Great. forty-five minutes. Not ninety. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Not with us. Uh-uh. Great, Rambly, Kyle, and great damn show and of tonight. Course, great to have Mike. Enjoyed the hell out of it. So, Mike, tell everybody where they can find you. What do you got going on this off season? Holler at you people. Yeah, you can find me at Drop the Mike FF on the Twitter machine. Um, I'll be dropping some more graphics now that it's off season with some of the new uh, free agent jerseys and all that jazz and you can find me going for two you can also find me on friday nights at on run boys after dark with the fantasy uh run boys fantasy network be there a little bit but other than that i'm just glad you guys not glad you guys needed someone but i was glad i could fill in because when i saw it was you two i was like oh i gotta do this thing <laughs> i hear that i hear that kyle what is going on this offseason with you i know you've got a couple pods going how are you handling the offseason well, here on the Going for Two Live Network, we've got uh, this show, obviously, the Dynasty Gambit. Glad to be co-hosting. Uh, and then I also have press coverage, which will be, as Jay mentioned the structure earlier, every second Monday or every two weeks. It'll be one week, Monday, Thursday, two shows with Gladys. And then the other weeks, it'll be two shows with me. Uh, press coverage is a solo show. I usually go uh, one-on-one interviews with different uh, fantasy football guests. Don't quite have my guests locked down for the next episode. Still a few potential people on the list long weekend this weekend so i'm going to try and get that all hammered out but i uh, really appreciate kevin coleman and matt renshaw my first two guests this season so uh, yeah uh, look out for that uh, next press coverage will be march 20th and then of course we'll be back on the dynasty gambit on march 23rd my other podcast ventures i already mentioned one the full press fantasy pod also the full press packers pod if you want less fantasy talk more nfl specific although i always throw fantasy in just because it's me i always have to ramble right but uh, yeah Outside the Going for Two Life Network, I've got those uh, those uh, two uh, full press coverage podcasts. With another another site, kind of like Going for Two, an amalgamation of a lot of different people can put out content there. I've got rankings on goingfortwo.com. I've got my own. Uh, that'll be part of the group amalgamation rankings. I've got my own personal rankings on full press coverage as well. Uh, look for an article this weekend on full press coverage. Actually, it'll be my uh, full list, my top 25 running backs. Now, I don't have all the relative athletic scores, which I was hoping for. So I think I'm going to do it in two doses. I'm going to do one without the RAS scores. So like you'll see Devon A-Chain still at RB2. And then once I get more, because I think of of the 28 running backs I'm ranking, I think there's only been like maybe 10 relative athletic scores available. So I'd like to get a little more before I make those changes, like say put Zach Charbonnet at RB2. So that would be, whatever I can get that, it'll be hopefully before the draft. I imagine before the draft. That'll come out, and I'll have that second set of rankings. But, again, all that at fullpresscoverage.com. Really, uh, man, Mike, so happy to talk to you again. This is awesome. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, dude, please, everybody, go check out goingfor2.com where you can hit every all the articles that we talk about, you know, 
Also, we have a free Discord. Hit up the, the free Discord as you log on to the goingfor2.com. Down at the bottom right, you're going to see the logo for the Discord. It is free. Click that link. Jump into the Discord. We are all in there all the time. You know, I'm not in there as ton as much as I want to be. I, I've got other stuff going, just like these guys do. Just go ahead and at me if you need something. I have no problem jumping in there. But, yes, go over there. It is a free Discord. Many, 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 many analysts that are on there chit-chatting, giving you a little, you know, giving you some love, all that kind of good stuff. Guys, thank you so much for tonight. I am at FantasyJ77 over there on Twitter. You can find me here on Thursday nights, every other Thursday right now, every Thursday during this season, Wednesday nights over at Fantasy Intervention. I greatly appreciate Mike. Thank you so much for jumping in tonight. Last minute, Kyle, as always, thank you, sir. We are done for the night. It is a great night. Goingfor2.com. Go check it out.